Thank you, choir. It's beautiful. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill this space. Help us to listen through scripture and song and anthem to what you are trying to say to us today. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. So, in our gospel, Jesus is dealing with the crowds. He has healed the sick and done all these things. And now he begins what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Every time Jesus goes up on the mountain, indeed any time in the Bible when that happens, it means that there's some sort of a claim, there's some sort of a higher consciousness going on, some sort of a higher wisdom that's about to be disseminated to the people, like Moses who went up and met with God and came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Or like Jesus other times when he went up to pray or to teach his disciples. Something is going on every time Jesus climbs a mountain. It's like the Bible says, listen up, the Gospels say. Listen to what's happening. And so the next three or four Sundays, we will be covering almost all of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He was there with the crowds. And then it says in our text today that uh, Tim read that he gathered his disciples, those who were following him, and he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, blessed are those who are without hope. He says, blessed are those who grieve and mourn. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for something greater and better for, for righteousness, right? And I keep listening to this list going, I don't know if I want to be on that list or not, right? It seems so upside down. And why, why is that? Because you see, in this world, we know it's blessed are those with a really big 401k. Blessed are those who can afford a third home. Blessed are those who kind of have life easy. Isn't that who we say that is blessed? Now, in the first century, there was, it was a shame culture. There was a lot of shaming going on. And it's like, these are the very people, even in Jesus' day, that went, that poor person, wonder what they did to make God so mad at them, right? That person grieving, well, they must be far away from God, right? These were people who were to be shamed. And yet Jesus turns conventional wisdom on its head and flips the whole paradigm upside down. Richard Rohr says that that's why Jesus was killed. Because he was bucking against the conventional wisdom of the day and the people didn't want to hear that. So what's the good news in that? Because I've never gone to Barnes & Noble or Lemuria, Lemuria Books and picked up a book based on like uh, a self-help book based on the Beatitudes. I don't know anybody here that hopes that they're going to be poor one day or looks forward to grieving. But here's the context and the key. 
Jesus is talking to people who are at the bottom of the rung. He is talking to the poor and the grieving and the outcasts and the ones who were the last to be picked on the field and who really don't have a lot to brag about. Blessed are you. I see you. So in a way, in a way, it's good news. Linda Little, who is a pastor, talks about a time like me and like a lot of other pastors, each week she got to talk to the school. And this was a bigger, this was bigger than a preschool. It it graded out a little further, and she would talk to them. And and one day the 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 director said, Look, I want you to come in, I want you to talk about the Beatitudes. So Linda talked about them and um, she said, uh, so she stood before these kids and she said, why would Jesus say good for you when he said, when, when you are sad or good for you when you're grieving and lonely or good for you when people reject you? And she said, a third grader said this, third grade girl shot her hand up and she said, because then God can help you. And she she would have get, gotten her to preach that Sunday, but uh, the family wasn't there. That's the best sermon. But blessed are those that they maybe know they can't do it all themselves. Blessed are those who don't have a bootstrap to pull up. Blessed are those moms who are working two jobs and get criticized for working. And then when they stay home, get criticized for being lazy. Blessed are those who are down and out. Blessed are those who've been bullied, who don't have power. Blessed are those who are going through depression. Blessed are those who are diagnosed with cancer. How? Because they're the ones who really know that you can't make it through this world without God. Jesus' Greek word is makarios. I wonder if that's where we get the word makarena. You remember that? Thing about 25 years. Hey, Macarena. Maybe. I don't know. But it is Greek, so it may be. Maybe. That's the word we've got. Makarios are those. There are a lot of words that have been translated in your Bible. It may not say blessed, it might mean happy. You might also say that the Makarios are joyful, they're saved, they're greatly honored, even awesome. My current favorite translation is Spanish. Bienaventuranza. Uh, um, I hope I said that right. In the Spanish translations, it's a good adventure awaits those of you who are mourning. And that kind of makes sense to me. We all know what it means to go on an adventure and it means to take a risk, to courage to defy the odds, the refusal to play it safe. And oftentimes those are, the, those are the ones who get burned and get wounded in life. Following Jesus oftentimes is no picnic, is it? Sometimes it's hard to be graceful and to be loving in the face of hatred. Sometimes you're the one they may talk about if you don't join into gossip. Or running somebody down? I think the people who are blessed 
are usually the people who get over themselves in significant ways and take their ego out of it. Maybe that's it. Because maybe when we really hit on tough times and realize we can't do it ourselves, our ego has to, has to disappear or shrink, right? A bad day, a good day for the soul is a bad day for the ego. Tony Hoagland, when I, when I read this about 10 days ago, getting ready for this and started, it was like all of a sudden, it's like Jesus gave me a new pair of glasses and I started seeing people who were actually blessed that we think are cursed. And one of them is a writer. His name is Tony Hoagland. And he talked about when he was diagnosed with cancer and he went to MD Anderson for the first time. Have any of you been to MD Anderson? It's like this, it's like a city inside a city where when you go there, I don't care if you're a lawyer or the president or you're the janitor, everybody's the same and everybody's been knocked down and everybody's been told that they've got cancer. And it is like the United Nations. I mean, every color, every race, everybody, it just, it just, and he talked about when he walked into MD Anderson. And he talked about actually the blessing that he got. This is what he says, and forgive me for reading, but he says it so much better than I could say it. He says, this is the stupefying and ultimately transforming thing. He said that, uh, that here, where I do not expect it, I encounter decency, patience, compassion, warmth, good humor. I remember the middle-aged nurse from Alabama, his calm southern twang and beer belly. Who stood, um, who stood firm one night, utterly unperturbed, while I vomited repeatedly. As if a demon had seized control of my insides. With sympathetic watchfulness, he administered the proper shot until I fell backward into a state of blessed relief. I remember the shift nurse with pale olive skin and thick eyebrows, who in the middle of the night, Brought me hot packs of damp folded towels heated in a microwave. She was from the Middle East, maybe Syria, maybe Egypt. She was so kind and respectful to me that after she departed, I abruptly burst into tears and blew a kiss through the closed door. He writes, continues, the historical record for tolerance or for human learning is not promising. Yet I believe more than ever that the bottom, at the bottom of each human being, there is a reset button. Undeniably, it is difficult to get to. To reach it seems to require that the ego be demolished by circumstance. But reach that button and press it, he closes, and the world will reshape itself. Blessed are those. And then I heard on the NPR guy by the name of John Hendrickson. He was interviewed, just wrote a book called Life on Delay. A lifelong stutterer, a stammerer. He had this lifelong stutter and he wrote an article that struck a nerve a few years ago about it in the Atlantic and got thousands of responses from people who share this neurological phenomenon called stuttering. I've often been asked, he said, 
at the end of his interview. And by the way, the guy at NPR was so amazing because he never rushed this guy. When he was struggling to get his words out, he waited and he waited and waited, which, by the way, is a loving act you can do for someone who struggles. I've often asked, he said at the end, if I could take a pill to be cured of it, would I take it? Of course, as a child, as a youth, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. This book he wrote, Life on Delay, talks about the cruel things he had to go through as a child because he stuttered. I would have taken it as a heartbeat. But now that I'm older, I would hesitate. My own journey with stuttering has made me a better listener, a more patient human being, a more empathetic and curious about people. It has become a part of me in a way that is, in an odd way, a part of my soul. Blessed are those who stutter. Jen and I went and watched The Life of Otto. Has anybody seen that? I won't give it away, but it's good. Except that every scene makes you cry. And so I was like, I would start crying. You know, Tom Hanks, right? Tom plays the hero, you know, saving Private Ryan. He plays, he plays the guy that does some great, the, 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 the brightest guy in the room. And he, Tom A. Hanks is this crusty, really bitter, bitter widower who just doesn't see anything left in his life after he lost his wife. And this woman named Marisol, this um, Hispanic woman that comes in and great with child and changes his life. But every scene is like just, I mean, you know when the movie ends and you don't want to get up real too quickly because like your cheeks are so, you know. It's a great movie, um, but I, I just wish they'd, I don't know. Anyway, um, but at the end, there is Otto with this new family around his wife's grave in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Meet my new friends. And I, hear, I heard Jesus say, blessed are those who are broken because they, they miss somebody who's departed. Our job as a church, okay, is to make people who feel like they are not noticed and down and out, people who feel like the losers of life, and don't we all, when they come in this place, they go, wow, St. Luke's has switched the tables. And I feel like somebody here, and I feel like there's some blessings yet for me. I close by sharing this. That is our awesome leaders in our leadership retreat. And we asked them, we said, what at St. Luke's needs to happen? What at St. Luke's needs to happen in order for disciples to grow? What do disciples need to know? You know, we talked about like the, the Apostles' Creed. We talked about um, they need to be able to read the Bible. They need to be able to know how to do this, do that. What do they need to be able to experience? And... Uh, at the top of the list, and they're all good, and you're going to get to see it in our next newsletter because they did some great work. But at the very top of the list, it's a discipleship needs to experience what? Healing. What, you mean I don't have to have my life all together to come to St. Luke's? 
I sure hope not, because I wouldn't qualify to be here either. Jesus said, those of you at St. Luke's, blessed are you when life does not turn out the way you thought it would. I will heal you. Let's be about the business of being the blessed community of St. Luke's. Blessed are the people of the upside down kingdom. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you for your many blessings. If we live long enough, we know that almost all your blessings have nothing to do with our success. Actually, none of them. But the fact that you walk alongside us, even when we, our lives feel broken, you say, come to me. Thank you, oh God, for letting us be a part of this blessed and broken community called St. Luke's. In your holy and blessed name we pray. Amen. I invite us to stand.